welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everyone. I am Christopher Ryan, and I am going to be hosting today instead of Nyla. Um, I just wanted to welcome everyone to the Speakeasy Cafe. If you would like to call in, the number is 646-595-3965. Now, I'd also like to take a minute in order to thank our sponsors for 2021, and that would be starting off with Melvin Douglas Johnson, Todd Carter, Vicki Aqua, Sean and Maddie Gullickson, Audrey Michelle, George Wiley, Bart Solar, Solar Jack, uh, Brad and Darlene Kuhn, Uma Pochampali, Christy Doherty, Douglas Curry, Eric Shellman, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Gina Storm, Raymond Bentley, John Kays, Paula Sweet, Timothy SSM Melton, Ronald P. Bremner, Kevin Kraft, Honey Parker, Karen DeWitt, Larry Teal, Robert Mickey, Jade Mist, Rose Rosen, Christopher Ryan, Trina Pierce, Dennis Must, Barbara Cope Wilson, and there was also an anonymous donation in the memory of Cherry Rose and Philip Kent Church, Charles C.B. Banks, Glenn Still, and many others that we have lost throughout the years. All right. Now, to start us off, I do want to give out Nyla's homework assignment. Now, let's see. She has some poetry prompts for you guys. Now, the prompt needs to be the title of the poem, a line in your poem, or the general concept of the poem. Beyond this, though, whatever you do with them is up to you. So, number your papers 1 through 12. Number 1, someone else's death. 2, night tangled in the net. 3, zodiac weaving. 4, streets full of words. 5, call of the griffin. 6, the sickness of men. 7, prisoner's eyes. 8, what remains. Nine, my father's shoes. Ten, phantom tongue. Eleven, far to empty now. And twelve, the wingless aftermath. Okay, so we always start and end every episode with an audio track. And tonight, we are going to be playing Poetess. I just sued the school system. All right, here we go. Albert Einstein once said, everybody's a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, today on trial we have modern day schooling. Glad you could come. Not only does he make fish climb trees, but also makes them climb down and do a 10-mile run. Tell me, school, 
Are you proud of the things you've done? Turning millions of people into robots, do you find that fun? Do you realize how many kids relate to that fish swimming upstream in class, never finding their gifts, thinking they are stupid, believing they are useless? Well, the time has come. No more excuses. I call school to the stand and accuse him of killing creativity, individuality, and being intellectually abusive. He's an ancient institution that has outlived his usage. So, Your Honor, this concludes my opening statement. And if I may present the evidence of my case, I will prove it. Proceed. Exhibit A. Here's a modern-day phone. Recognize it? Here's a phone from 150 years ago. Big difference, right? Stay with me. Here's a car from today. And here's a car from 150 years ago. Big difference, right? Well, get this. Here's a classroom of today. And here's a class we used 150 years ago. Now, ain't that a shame? In literally more than a century, nothing has changed. Yet you claim to prepare students for the future? But with evidence like that, I must ask, do you prepare students for the future or the past? I did a background check on you and let the record show that you were made to train people to work in factories, which explains why you put students in straight rows, nice and neat, tell them sit still, raise your hand if you want to speak, give them a short break to eat, and for eight hours a day, tell them what to think. Oh, and make them compete to get an A, a letter which determines product quality, hence grade A of meat. I get it. Back then, times were different. We all have a past. I myself am no Gandhi. But today, we don't need to make robot zombies. The world has progressed. And now we need people who think creatively, innovatively, critically, independently with the ability to connect. See, every scientist will tell you that no two brains are the same. And every parent with two or more children will confirm that claim. So please explain why you treat students like cookie cutter frames or snapback hats giving them this one-size-fits-all crap. Watch your language. Sorry, Your Honor, but if a doctor prescribed the exact same medicine to all of his patients, the results would be tragic. So many people would get sick, yet when it comes to school, this is exactly what happens, this educational malpractice where one teacher stands in front of 20 kids, each one having different strengths, different needs, different gifts, different dreams, and you teach the same thing the same way? That's horrific. Ladies and gentlemen, the defendant should not be acquitted. This may be one of the worst criminal offenses ever to be committed. And let's mention the way you treat your employees. Objection. Overruled. I want to hear this. It's a shame. I mean, teachers have the most important job on the planet, yet they're underpaid? No wonder so many students are short-changed. Let's be honest. Teachers should earn just as much as doctors because a doctor can do heart surgery and save the life of a kid but a great teacher can reach the heart of that kid and allow him to truly live. See, teachers are heroes that often get blamed, but they're not the problem. They work in a system without many options or rights. Curriculums are created by policymakers, most of which have never taught a day in their life. Just obsessed with standardized tests. They think bubbling in a multiple choice question will determine success. That's outlandish. In fact, these tests are too crude to be used and should be abandoned, but don't take my word for it. Take Frederick J. Kelly, the man who invented standardized testing, who said, and I quote, these tests are too crude to be used and should be abandoned. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, if we continue down this road, the results will be lethal. I don't have much faith in school, but I do have faith in people. And if we can customize health care, cars, and Facebook pages, then it is our duty to do the same for education, to upgrade it, change it, do away with school spirit, because that's useless. 
Unless we're working to bring the spirits out of each and every student, that should be our task. No more common core. Instead, let's reach the core of every heart in every class. Sure, math is important, but no more than art or dance. Let's give every gift an equal chance. I know this sounds like a dream, but countries like Finland are doing impressive things. They have shorter school days. Teachers make a decent wage. Homework is non-existent, and they focus on collaboration instead of competition. But here's the kicker, boys and girls. Their educational system outperforms every other country in the world. Other places like Singapore are succeeding rapidly. Schools like Montessori, programs like Khan Academy, there is no single solution. But let's get moving, because while students may be 20% of our population, they are 100% of our future. So let's attend to their dreams, and there's no telling what we can achieve. This is a world in which I believe. A world where fish are no longer forced to climb trees. I rest my case. All right, that was I just sued the school system. Okay, so what comes next? I'm going to give you guys the number one more time. That is 646-595-3965. And we do take callers in the order that you call in. Please make sure that you introduce yourself. Now, you can read one to two poems, but keep them right around the five-minute mark. When you are done reading, please be sure to give your URL so people can come visit you, give you the love that you guys deserve. All right. And remember... We do have a mature rating, so you might hear just about anything with the exception of full adult erotica. Other than that, you're good to go. Let's get going. I'm going to give the first three callers so you have a bit of a heads up. Now, first up, I see area codes 619, 216, and 219. All right. So first up on deck, I have 619. You are... On the air. Hi, Chris. This is James Musgrave. Hey, James. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, and I hope you are, too. Um, I am hoping so. Good to hear you uh, hosting. (laughs) It has definitely been a while, but uh, Nyla definitely kind of deserved a bit of a a vacation, so I thought I would try and make some time step in and help out. That's very nice of you. Well, I have right. uh, I have a couple of poems, actually. One is the assignment by Nyla about the danger of poetry or why okay. poetry is dangerous. And, and the other one I wrote today and I was kind of challenging myself because I wanted to write a villanelle, but I chose kind of a strange subject, which is uh, the legal decision of Citizens United, which kind of peeves me. (laughs) So I wrote, I wrote a villanelle. It's not exactly going softly into that good night, but uh, it's pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Um, I am intrigued. Okay, so the um, danger of poetry. 
Actually, I titled it Why Poetry is Dangerous. It predates the written word from the celestial spheres down to human voices, collected around fires, preserving myth and mystery of our divine origins. If this isn't dangerous, I don't know what is. A poet attempts to use words to explore infinite possibilities. Also, the infinite present, which makes poetry even more dangerous. Some poets even love all existence so much they explore nonviolence, musical passions, free love, horrors of war, doldrums of melancholy, lives of saints, history of imaginary lands, and creatures never seen except in one's dreams. This is all dangerous because modern society wants a stable existence. It wants complex algorithms behind which it can hide its greed. It wants plain numbers and statistics, not infinite wonders and pleadings of common love, Sanity for society is the collected judgments by experts, not the fanatical joy of a single human. When I read a poem, I don't need to see the poet, only the mystical images she weaves, only the rhythmic patterns of musical phrases and deep dives into her experience alone. The danger of poetry is that it began without words. It came from the infinite oceans of emotions. It will always remain dangerous in my mind or yours, even as a single haiku. The song of freedom collects in the heart of love, the poet's pure joy. End of poem. <laughs> I actually oh, really, really oh, enjoyed that start to it. <laughs> oh, thank you. That yeah. was really kind of brilliant. And I love just a little poke there at the, yeah, the, the truth of it. It is far more difficult if we're not exploring ideas, not exploring emotions. Yeah, it's always been kind of a gripe of mine, you know, especially after the advent of the computerization of everything, you know, kind of. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're even trying, I think, to write novels and probably they probably write poetry with with computer (laughs) with computer programs now. But uh, it is interesting. I've seen a few like AI generated story type things and. Some of them are passable, and some of them are just absolute gobbledygook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they'll ever uh, be able to achieve the, you know, the, the emotion part of it. Mm-hmm. That, that always, that's why I tune in, you know. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I like to read actual human beings' uh, stuff. Anyway... Talking about people not human. No, I'm kidding. 
Citizens United is the second poem, and it's a villanelle. So that was the difficult part, trying to <clears throat> work it into a villanelle. Citizens United. Nine robed judges seated at the highest bench state that a corporation is human, but God exists in a far deeper trench. Packs and super packs create a great stench, yet candidates still pursue more mammon until they all merge in a money clench. Hide in a legal corpse of pallid wretch, prance and puke the usual deception, while citizens separate, swoon, and watch. While the union starts to tighten its winch, corporate dirty lucre stays within, nurturing the human Frankenstein's bitch. Nobody dares reverse this holy cinch. Citizens are blind, justice, transgression, and nine morph into a singular witch. And you, poor citizens, pray for a pinch from that ballooning, festooning religion. Nobody dares reverse this holy cinch. But God exists in a far deeper trench. You had the four lines um, at the end. <laughs> tell me how you really feel. <laughs> wow. You know what was funny? Because uh, after I finished it, I posted it on my newsfeed, and another guy I listened to, he teaches at Berkeley, uh, Robert Reich. He used to be the mm-hmm. Secretary of Labor under Obama, but he does videos, you know, political videos. And guess what his topic was? <laughs> his topic was exactly what I wrote the poem about, you know, the corruption of politics because of big money. I thought that was kind of, you know, Jungian in the sense that it was, you know, synchronicity happened. <laughs> He, he posted that, that video right after I wrote that poem. Anyway, so that was fun. Yeah. And I thank you. Is, um, no, thank you very much for calling in and sharing, James. Uh, before you disappear into that quiet night, yeah. though, please share how right. people can find you. Yeah, I'm uh, my... Uh, my author's webpage is Emory Publishing, E-M-R-E Publishing.com. And I'm on Facebook at J.R. Musgrave. And All thank right. you, and I'll, I'll stay, stay tuned. Listen thank you very much, James. Thanks a lot, Chris. Right. Okay. Next up, we have area code... 216. 216, you are on the air. I'm on the air speaking with whom? This would be Christopher Ryan filling in for Nyla this week. Well, that's Mm. a wonderful thing. If Uh I only recognized your voice, I wouldn't have to ask, but uh, Mm -hmm. you sound like uh, your voice has changed a bit. 
Um, well, ran into a few issues with the phone line, so I had to kind of scramble, and I'm actually calling on my cell phone right now. So it might have affected the sound a little bit. So you have that uh, bass uh, button on that phone where it makes it sound like it's more bass in your voice now? <laughs> Uh-oh. Mama's okay. cracking the whip. <laughs> okay, here we go. I miss you. That's why I got to get you. Uh, All right. Make up for lost time. Make up for lost time. So here we go. Oh, I didn't get any picture in the Bermuda shorts. And summer's gone now, so I guess I'll get one next next year. Here we go. Before I read my poem, is my daughter well? She is doing very well. She actually just called me a little bit before the show went on the air. She is having a great time out there. Um, just found oh, a bunch okay. of bunch of new things that she's very excited to bring home. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. That's good. Then thanks for sitting in. I really do miss you, though. I'll jump aside. Okay, here's the point. The poem, place, poise, pose, whatever this is that I'm going to do tonight. Uh, are we doing one or two? Um, we can do two right now. And I can always okay. kind of see how it goes throughout the night, maybe bring people back on for a third if they want. Okay, well, I'll, I'll do the one I want, then I'll give you a choice on the second one. And it goes like this. Okay. I know where I know where God is at. The name of this piece is again called I Know Where God Is At. I face what most be ducking. I escape what most be stuck in. I roar while they be clucking. I stand, no crawling, marching forward, no stalling. Speaking of it, teaching, no preaching. I grab, no reaching, serving it raw, no preservatives, ain't giving Caesar nothing at all. And all the glory goes to the all. God is my staff and my rod. He is my pillar and my rock. He removes the obstacles that block. He keeps my mind open and my vulnerable parts blocked. He opens my heart when needed or keeps it protected under lock. What I lack, he's got my back. For me, he's always up to bat, and I'm standing on his foundation. I see premonitions with my internal eye. Sometimes I just sit and cry. Yet, I face future with bravery. I carry the DNA of slavery from which he did deliver me. I have a built-in sensory to repel the unsavory. Thick with wit, I'm never dense. Always thankful for my God-given sense. No boasting, just facts. Behind this English preposition, I know where my God is at. Bars for God. Mama Ola Deji, the all-round queen, in the building. Mama, that was just perfect. <laughs> I I have to say, that, that line right at the beginning, I wore while they be clucking, that <laughs> just sums up my whole mental image of you just perfectly. <laughs> 
my son. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, you said you had a second piece, but you wanted me to pick? Yeah, one is called Words Specifically, and then one is more of a personal piece about my daughter. Words Specifically, or did you want to hear um you can choose because it was your choice. I did what one I wanted to do. I think I would love to hear the one about your daughter. Hear about my daughter? Okay. Let's see. Okay. It's called um, Kai K. Shell because that was her name. Daughters are like reverse mothers. They become wiser than you. Daughters stop you from doing the foolish things that you told them not to do, but continue to do. If they transcend before you, you will be lost in this world. You'll feel stranded, abandoned, orphaned. You have written poetry about her standing in a green field. And the picture appears years after I wrote about it. Magically, you wonder, how could this be? Because Kai is no more. Did she whisper in the ear of some artist saying, send this to my mother so she'll know I'm safe and free in a green field? The urban farm she started is there, but she is not. The grandchildren she gave to me are here, but she is not. The food she cooked, spices she left in her cabinets smell great. Smell creative, the spells of a thousand memories floating through the air. The foods that she loved, the foods she warned me not to eat. The times she blamed me for being sick to get attention. Anything that would bring her close to me, she asked me, Mommy, are you drinking enough water? She touches my forehead. I don't want her to leave. She's the mother I always wanted. She looked seriously and laughed. Mommy, there's nothing wrong with you. She leaves me with plenty of water. She and the grandchildren stand and gaze. They tease me. You're fine, Grandma. They give me vitamins to take, and they give me kisses and hugs. I lived for her laughter and attention. She is my daughter. We reverse roles as she has grown wiser. She came through me to temper me with love. If I had known she was just a visitor, I would have done things differently. I would have cuddled her and held her longer. I would have stayed home and played more games with her, taking her with me when I went away. She came through me to be my confidant, the approver of my humorous jokes, the heightener of my intellect. She was my security. She would stop a Mack truck for me at the age of four. She would achieve for me at age seven, excelled, propelled above the rest. She was my daughter. She would become everything I wanted to be. She was my reverse mother, my pride, my joy, my all. Had I known she was just a visitor, I would have done things differently. There were signs, like the strange birthmark on her back 
and other signs like the pain-free birth, how she just slid out with ease. She came to give me life, to give me grandchildren, to finish college for me, to make sense of things. She came, she gave me my heart's desires, and then some, Kai, Keishel, your eyes, your sweetness, your meekness, your boldness, even your mindset were all clues that I failed to follow. I mean, after all, you were from the start too good for this world. I gave birth to a mother in reverse. She came. She loved. She carried out her mission. And she left. Had I known she was here for a reason and for a short season, I would have begged her to stay and let me take her place. Life is so unbearable without her. So I wait to see her again beyond the clouds. My big girl, my baby, my mother. Yet if life would be so cruel as to let death have the final say, then there's nothing left for me to weigh. Emptiness. And maybe except for my poems, there will be no sign that I was ever even here for no good purpose that I serve. If only I had known. She was a visitor from God. Beg God to let you stay and let me take your place. In peace. Oh, mama. That one. That one hits hard. Kind of just need to sit with that one for a bit. Yeah. Well, I went in two different directions. That one was emotional. The other one was a tribute to God. So kind of stayed mm-hmm. in the same vein. It's not, I, I, don't, I look at diff, death differently today. Yeah. No. Since you've been gone, no. I lost my mom. Yeah, I lost my mom since you've been gone. And she was 90-something years old. So I look at death, death differently now. As a matter of fact, my daughter left at age 43, and my mom left at age 93. So who knows? I mean, is it fun just to sit around here in this world and get old, or is it fun to come and accomplish everything you want and leave before Medicaid takes all your money? Yeah. <laughs> Just a tad cynical there. <laughs> I know. Okay, baby boy, it's real good hearing from you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the feedback. You know I love you. Tell, give Nyla a big hug for me and tell her thanks for sharing you. Before you run away, mm-hmm. you do have to share how people can find you. Share that love. If you don't know me by now. <laughs> Never, ever, ever. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Facebook, Vicky Aqua. Man. Other places. Google it. Vicky Aqua. I'm out. And I, I do want to ask you, actually, before I, I put you on hold, would you want to okay. stay on the line with me and kind of host the rest of the show? I don't mind. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> 
Thank you. Okay, then. Next up on the line, we have area code 219. 219, you are on the air. Good evening, Brother Chris. This is Brother on the line from East Chicago, Indiana. How you doing? Hey there, Brother O. It has been a long time since I've heard you direct. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> All right. So what have you got in store for us today? Let's see. Let's see. I just want to call it, at this stage of my life, I'm not blank. Okay. I think I am ready. At this stage of my life, I'm not worrying about what is beyond my control. At this stage of my life, I'm not competing for attention and recognition. At this stage of my life, I'm not dealing with toxic and negative-minded people. At this stage of my life, I'm not wasting time and energy or anything that is not that is not part of my purpose. At this stage of my life, I'm not arguing about politics, religion, or personal choices. At this stage of my life, I'm not trying to do what I used to do because that stage of my life is behind me. At this stage of my life, I'm not thinking about who wants to be my friend or either loves and despises me. At this stage of my life, I'm not judging people how they choose their lives, how they choose to love. At this stage of my life, I'm not judging people who they choose to love or how they choose to live their life. At this stage of my life, I'm clearly focusing on improving my physical and mental health. At this stage of my life, I'm clearly focused on being Lord and faithful to my queen, establishing a long-term relationship with her. At this stage of my life, I'm clearly focused on the quality of my true friendship instead of the quantity of them. At this stage of my life, I'm clearly focused on achieving my dreams of being the best-selling author, traveling around the country, performing poetry. At this stage of my life, I'm clearly focused on getting my life in order. At this stage of my life, I'm clearly focused on living a lifestyle of positivity. At this stage of my life, I'm clearly focused on setting goals and accomplishing them. At this stage of my life, I'm clearly focused on living a healthier lifestyle. At this stage of my life, I'm clearly focused on my purpose. At this stage of my life, I'm clearly focused on what I want out of life. At this stage of my life, I'm more decisive and sure of myself. At this stage of my life, I'm brimming with self-confidence and stepping out of my comfort zones. At this stage of my life, I'm clearly focused on becoming a leader who produces other leaders. At this stage of my life, I'm clearly focused on living a lifestyle of consistency and poem. Brother O. I think in this stage in your life, that is the perfect place to be in. It sounds like you've got all your ducks in a row and you are very much prioritizing all the things that should be a priority. Exactly right. Honestly, I love that, that little tidbit that you had in there that you're really kind of, yeah, 
focused on moving forward in your life, not so concerned about who loves you, who despises you. But that's right. It's kind of an ideal place for people to be in, to just be okay. Uh huh. Mama, right. you got anything that you want to share? Oh, my mic is open. Hey, okay. Hey, brother. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey, Mama, how you doing? Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I like your um, catchphrases. You use them in almost all of your poetry, and they really stick with you um, uh, at this stage in my life. And that's, a, that's something everybody can just sit and meditate on. At this stage of my life, do I know what I want? Have I made some decisions that I need to prepare for the future? And no, when you say at this stage of my life like that, it's kind of like comes like a song and a chant. Yeah. I really I really enjoy uh, getting those type of little news breaks in my head where, like, you're doing something, and then all of a sudden you'll say, at this stage of my life, should I be doing this? I be, what should I be doing? You know, like, it's, it's, it's really cool how you do that. And uh, thank you for sharing. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Mama. I appreciate it. All right, Brother O. You got one more for us, or did you want to call it a day for now? I got one more. All right, man. I'm ready for it. This childish shake poem is called Chosen My God to Be a Poet. Many are called, but few are chosen. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 20. In February 2008, I was chosen by God to be a poet when I was completely unemployed due to a serious physical disability. I was four months removed my third episode of congestive heart failure, pneumonia, and irregular heartbeats. And I was dealing with a personal tragedy in my family. One of my younger cousins lost his life in a fiery car accident. At that time, I was questioning God as to why he would choose a brother who had failed miserably in several things in his life. A classic undertaker who never lived up to his great potential, having a steady career, getting married, and having a family of my own. A brother who suffered from a lifelong affliction like the, the man that is described in John 15 and 5 and 15. A slight speech impairment like Moses. And a brother was all but written off by the so-called experts was not expected to survive his birth nor graduate from high school or college. Facing an uncertain future, dealing with several bouts of self-doubt, battling my own deep-rooted fear of failure, trying to overcome our shyness, dealing with business, anger, deep-rooted animosity since childhood, battling my own deep-rooted insecurity, struggling to discover my true person, like, yet I was on the fast track to going nowhere and content on being average. And at, at the time, I was tempted to run away from my ministry like Jonah before he was swallowed up in the belly of the well for three days. When I first accepted my calling to be a poet, my writing skills weren't very proficient, nor did I possess the natural ability to be lyrical. Mind you, brothers and sisters, 
I got C's, D's, and L's in high school. Hell, I couldn't even write a original poem that made any sense. <clears throat> My dear brothers and sisters, I was a prisoner of my limitation and got sidetracked with obligations from my business and sharing my life story through poetry. In the beginning of my poetic journey, there were several poets who had the audacity to question my little capabilities and my speaking abilities. Yeah, they even cracked jokes on me and ridiculed me in the beginning, plus wrote me off like the experts did in my childhood. And a few child attempted to discourage me. They were making comments like, he's not what you call a conventional poet. There's, ain't nobody going to feature him on a poetry event. He won't even last a year in the poetry event. Now, who does this man believe he is? And he even got the nerve to call himself a living miracle. He's a fool if he thinks that people are going to listen to his messages. My dear brothers and sisters, when God chooses you for an assignment, you accomplish it for his glory, not for the praises, applause, and appreciation of people. If you allow the expectations and rejection of narrow-minded people to distract you or define you, you're going to fool around there and miss your blessings plus get discouraged to the point of resignation. As God blessed my writing skills to elevate and as I allowed him to speak through me on the poetry stage, my self-confidence grew by leaps and bounds. By just being transparent in my poetry and telling my story, people will always come up to me after every performance and tell me how much I inspire and encourage them through my masterpieces and at the same time minister to them. Mind you, brothers and sisters, I don't claim to be a preacher or a prophet. The moment I knew that God chose me to be a poor. When I wrote, they said I wouldn't 10 years ago. It was a real challenge for me to relive experience in my childhood at first. I was posting on my social media page. The impact it was immediately felt as a touch of the of those who are connected with me on Facebook. A magnitude never felt before since writing my testimonial piece. I knew right then and there and find my purpose. Ever since my first performance, as they said I wouldn't 10 years ago, guys really opened doors for me to feature open mic sessions, performing over 50 shows, touching and inspiring people nationwide with my social conscious, inspirational love and testimonial poetry. Have poems published in five books, featured on radio shows, Earned national recognition for my poetry, ran numerous awards, including three national spoken word awards for overcoming the year. The more of this poem is, if God could choose a brother with a disability to tell his story through poetry, he could choose anybody in poem. Mm. Uh, I really, really like the message in that one you know self-doubt really is a, a killer for people and just the strength that it takes to keep going when you are facing criticism is astronomical yeah i think that that you know we we often sit down and let those little doubts chip away at us until 
we do give up on the things that we are passionate for. I'm, right. I'm very, very much glad that you did stick with it because, yeah, poetry, the, the power of words to reach out and touch someone, that belongs to everyone. Exactly. No one, exactly. No one has a monopoly on that. Yeah, I agree with that. Mama? Oh, Mama, you there? I'm sorry, I was on mute. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna pass because I had to I had to go check on the stove because it was okay. not empty. All right. No, nope. no worries. All right, brother. Oh, uh, kind is to let people know how they can reach out, share some feedback, share some love with you. Uh, you go on my Facebook page and look on the. Oh, my brother, again, that's how the people can connect with me. I uh, promote poetry events. I uh, promote, I post positive stuff every day. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just, just that type of person I am, you know, doing my part to inspire and encourage people daily, whether it be through a poem the one the post out post or uh, just just uh just uh send me a inbox an inbox saying reminding me that that my purpose is just to just encourage and inspire people daily to highlight my life. And I thank truly thank everybody for their support every week. Well, thank you for coming right, right. tonight, and uh, make sure you say wave at Nyla. Let her know you um, did your two poems tonight. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, thanks, Mama. I appreciate it. All right. All right, brother. Oh, I'm gonna put you on hold. Thank and you. Next up, we have area code six one five. Six one five, you are on the air. Mr. Christopher Ryan, this is Clarence Ferguson Jr. It's been a long time since I've talked to you and asking how you're doing. It has been. I'm doing pretty good. I've been very, very busy, unfortunately. Um yes. so yeah, it's it's made it a little bit more difficult for me to to squeeze in and, and share the air with Nyla. But very glad to be here with you guys tonight. Yes, I'm glad that you're here. All right. So, a so, couple of pieces for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping this will work because one is about a narcissistic coworker, mm-hmm. and another one is about being under the weather. So the first one is called I Let You Punk Me. I gave you in faith the keys to the apartment of my mind. You've been squatting for three months illegally. I can't kick you out. In the interim, I've seen you manipulate and whine, having a knack of getting your way, and every time I'm asking why. We're working the same position and occupation. Yet you play the victim crying loudly 
and complaining. We re- rehabilitate patients, but with them, you have no patience. So many excuses that you make up, but you get anal because I don't play dumb and I'm awakened. I'm always expected fairness, but in life it rarely happens. I just observe your mannerisms as you laugh at my reactions. God don't like ugly. And that's what you've manufactured. I'm hulking like Dr. Banner. And you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Wait a minute. You don't have the mercury or Fahrenheit to set my temperatures. You don't possess the magic to cause me to levitate or have leverage. If I was a woman like Jill Scott in Why Did I Get Married, I'd say, watch out for the wine bottles. Let me initialize my inner thoughts about you for unlawful, carnal knowledge. You have to follow before you can lead on my drumline. You have been missing this for miles, and it must be sublime. So let me address this using mathematics. I have the Lord by my side, and you are a non-factor. You can wrinkle up your face like a rotten, shrunken apple, but I don't go home with you and sex you up on roach-infested mattresses. I don't stand in the background, and I'll be the last man standing, improving this home like Tim Allen while leaving your feelings wrecked and shattered. I let you punk me, but you're at a disadvantage. I can rock it out of Houston, so never underestimate the heart of a champion. I'll treat you like I I met your mother, and I accept the challenge. Then survey the perimeter of your demise, and I'll access the damage. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. You're just a urinary tract infection. Now go see the doctor. In peace. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> the funny thing, Christopher, is, huh. yeah, it's, it's true that this happened. But I couldn't say this to her because, of course, she would report me. <laughs> and I would get suspended. <laughs> so it was like I had to write it out. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. I think we've all had some coworker that, yeah, just kind of gets under our skin like that. Some of that, that hangs out in our mind far more than we want them to. But, uh, yeah, that <laughs> that kind of sums up that feeling perfectly. Well, 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 why don't you do the one you did last week for him? I really enjoyed that piece last week, and I'm Christopher missed it. It had so much wordplay in it, it didn't make sense. If I could only find it, Mama Lola Daisy, if I only could find it. It even had Ray-Ban glasses in it, and plus it was one of his, you know, he's always over my head with his poetry, but um, that one was one of the only ones I got all of his metaphors. I was, like, happy. I was skinning up from ear to ear, like, I got that one. I caught that one. Wow. And then when he said about the Ray-Ban glasses, I'm like, wait a minute. Can I just sketch Ray-Ban glasses in there uh, in his uh, prose form? But anyway, I hope you can find it. That one that you just did, I'm going to pass on that. I don't know who it was. I wouldn't want a beer. And uh, <laughs> you, do- you dog somebody thoroughly. Okay. I don't know. 
I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mama OJ. <laughs> All right, man. You got one more for right, so I know you can't find yes, that I one do. from last week. But... Yeah, I can't find that one from last week because it's at home in a pile <laughs> ready to put music to. So the next one here, I don't even have a title for it. All I know is it's about me being sick, sick um, earlier this year. So, so whenever you're ready. Okay. Okay. Got a cold going on. Mine's a little dizzy and uncomfortable. Not messing with the wicked pharmaceutical syrup in my cabinet. I'd rather do this holistic with a natural approach. The boogers in these nostrils are running through notches in this marathon, mouth agape like an alien meeting a predator. Coincidentally, north of Nashville, I'm angry and feeling nasty. Calling out from work two straight days on this couch looking at black people meet on the Okra Network channel. Something called Ready for Love, but I see big butts and I cannot lie. This show should be called Ready for Fun, and I know what you're thinking. You expected me to cuss, but I can't say nothing. My wife has the remote. I'd rather be watching the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Excuse me. I have to sneeze. Achoo! I see attitudes, ass, and titties. Through this drip-filled tissues on this snot-containing mission, want to make some new beats to poetry, but my immune system is slowing me. Guess I'm getting old as I'm listening to my body more. Not young as I used to be. Is that a snot bubble on my bathroom floor? Looks like a sperm ready to impregnate the laminate. Wish I had some Cabernet as I'm whining about my injured state. Anyway, I'll get better than Richard Simmons and striped short pants sweating. Under this cover feels like Armageddon, but I must give up whatever leverage to be competitive to this process. So I hope you get my message. Orange juice and ginger tea is my beverages. Oh, no. Not TMZ and Ellen Degenerative. Give me Keenan and Kel. Oh, there it goes again. In peace. You know, I think this is the first time I've heard the words boogers and snot in a poem that I like genuinely enjoyed. <laughs> Yes, I like Ellen. I like Ellen. I just had to sit back and just kind of take that all in and just go, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I guess you got to take that kind of (laughs) thing. Oh, boy. (laughs) I like Ellen. She's a nice person. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just a dude, Miss my old Daisy. I'm just a dude. <laughs> I tell you. He's a nice person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mama, do you want to say anything else? Ellen is a nice person. <laughs> yep. Uh oh. Well, I better go get a car and get another car. Okay, no, I'm good. 
bring, bring that one next week so Christopher can hear it. I want him to hear that piece. That piece is so dope. Okay. It got me excited. Yeah. All right. Don't All right. be losing the good remember. piece, uh-oh. Remember, you know, I always, 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 go you know, I always go on to the next. That's where I that was my favorite. <laughs> that was my favorite piece. I hope you don't lose it, uh, Clarence. You know what I can do? I can always when, go back to the, the replay and check to see what it okay. is, and then I'll find it. Okay. That's what I'll do yeah, for you. Was, it was dope. Yeah, thank you. I love it. <laughs> All right. You're All right. Well, good night. Good All right, Clarence. All right. So where can they find me? They can find me taking care of the old lady at the nursing home, turning up her thermostat again. But other than that, you can find me at Facebook, backslash Clarence Ferguson Jr., or you can find me on my public group page that's C-double, like you're seeing double, the number 34, Music and Friends. All right. Thank you so much, Clarence. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Have a good night. Good night. You too. All right. Okay. Next up, we have area code 419. 419, you are on the air. Hello. Hello there. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Caught me in the middle of something. I'm listening to the show. Uh (laughs) You recognize that look. God, that's funny. How are um, you doing, Shelly? Uh, I'm good. I'm trying to. I was outside in my truck and my dogs. I'm trying to get them in the house real quick. Come on, Bubba. Come. <laughs> I adopted a new dog. He's 147 pounds. Oh, my goodness. Of 150% full of greatness. <laughs> he's, he's like a Norwegian Elko mixed with a German Shepherd. He's awesome. And oh, wow. come on, Bubba. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been on the show in a long a time, so I'm sad that yeah, he's huge. I'm sad that Miss Nyla is not on the show because I haven't been on here in a long time, and she's probably like, "Oh my God, Shelly called in when I was gone." <laughs> so, yeah. Well, she should Agent be back in a in another week or two. Yeah, it's been a while. I like haven't I haven't felt like writing in a while, and then when I write, um, I have a couple pieces. Are, if we're still, are we still doing two or just one? You guys can do two. Okay. Because um, I do have two of them. And um, actually this year is, uh, let's just say I have a wedding anniversary that should have been, would have been, but didn't because he passed away. <laughs> so in October it would have been 20 years. So, like, lately my mind has been, like, on that. Then I had a cat just pass away that I had the year we got married. So I had this cat this whole time. So I'm just going through that, like, grieving cycle and then, it kind of brings everything back again, and, you know, kind of, it never goes away, you know. Yeah. We just live and we accept it, but it does. It just unfortunately could say it affected your life. So you can't, you know, just don't block it out, you know what I mean? So I did uh, write one the other day, and I thought I could share it because it was what I was feeling. So it is kind of like a personal piece or whatever, but I don't know. Um, I don't have a title for it because that's how new it is. <laughs> okay. Um and if nobody knows who I am, just so they know I'm Shelly Gambino or Agent 419. I don't know if I introduced myself. <laughs> okay. Sitting here, caught up in the moments that feel so yesterday. Nothing more to say. Nothing more to be said. 
to come and stare at a stone. The emptiness exists. Time, it definitely changes everything. Sometimes it is on our side. Sometimes we are forced to say goodbye. As the years just keep passing us by, engrossed in the silence, the silence of the wake of his absence, the heart only holds memories and the mind can betray. It's been so long and so it feels like. Ten years now since you've passed away, I would have been a bride of twenty. Yes, time flies and constantly moves on. It's been hard as of late. Tears fall freely at the drop of a hat. Emotionally, I choke up as I try to hold them back. There is no forgetting. There is just moving on. Nothing more to say except I loved you when you were here. I miss the days of the past, but just like everything else, they were days come and gone. Blessed to have had them with you, I realize my journey left is on my own. The choices I make, the love I have found, but somewhere in the back of my mind, I always keep you around. One thought away. All the fish that we caught and all of those that got away, but yet so many that were found. I miss my best friend. I miss the love and the trust. I never thought when times got hard, I would miss him so very much. I am faced with so many obstacles as I continue down my road. In places I find it paved, others stone. Sometimes the road that just ends, then you have to make it begin again. No direction known at the time, following where my life allows me to go. Simply chasing the ebb, going with the flow. Who knows really what the future holds? Here today, watch as tomorrow unfolds. Life, it has its plans. Our journeys, all our own. To take, to embark, to embrace, to let go when we have to. But I do know, if you were here, I would be loved. And so shall you and your memories. Skelly, I love you then, as I love you now. Wow. That was poetry. That was beautiful. That was the ebb and the flow, the old-fashioned down-to-earth love poem. Oh, that was beautiful. Mm, Thank mm, you. Oh, yeah. That's a poet. This year's kind of been the hardest. It's so weird. You'd think that as time goes by, it wouldn't be so fresh in my mind, but my new boyfriend and I were walking last weekend and I found this a glass heart. It was like broken piece of glass. Like anybody else would be just a shard, but it was royal blue as we were going to look at the royal blue heart that he carved in the tree. And my husband died mm-hmm. five years ago. My diamond fell out of my engagement ring and I told myself, you know, I'm not married. He's passed away. I'm just going to put it with a royal blue sapphire. So I wear this royal blue sapphire ring, and I found this cobalt royal blue piece of glass rock, like at this place we were walking. And it could have been red. It could have been clear. It could have been a circle or a square. But it just happened to be a royal blue heart. And I just think like wow. he was thinking of me. That is so beautiful so deep. I just feel and- that, like, life does is different, you know. We look at death differently now. Yes. Yeah, and then um, I, I do I do have one more I'd like to share if I'm able when, uh, whenever um, whenever um, 
you're ready, we, we'll, we'll be glad to hear it. But you can compose yourself first. Um, yeah. And those, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. This this one's probably another sad one, but I think it's uplifting, but we don't know. I mean, because I look at it differently. So this one says, we will never know. That's the title. I actually titled this one. Um, Memories can't be purchased. Oh, wait, hang on a second. I just lost it. I'm sorry. I just actually, I have it on my phone because I wrote it on my phone, which I should get a notebook sometimes. Eh? <laughs> um, I know, yeah, right? Yeah, that's what I'm I'll never, I'll never lose my Okay, I'm starting over. We will never know. Memories, they can't be purchased at any garage sale, even if they're giving them away for free. You can never buy a one-way ticket to create, but we get out there and make our own memories. Because memories are life's creations and can be made every single day. Sometimes we watch life come into being, and other times we watch life slip away. The time we have on Earth is priceless. The gift is that we get to have lived, to be touched and surrounded by angels, and to have had the opportunity. We are truly blessed. One day will be past tense for all of us when our time is up. Earth will no longer be called our home, but it is through spirit our departed will continue to roam. Memories made will always be timeless as long as your heart still beats, bringing back a special moment, hanging on all to all of those precious memories. Life goes on even when it feels so unfair. The having to say goodbye, the sadness, the lump sitting at the back of your throat, even the endless river of tears that continue to flow. There is pain beyond your eyes. True sadness from the heart can never be disguised. An angel made his calling and earned his golden wings. The day he stopped breathing was the day God made him king. To be king for a day, to banish all of your pain. He is here with you both in spirit, to let you know he is safe and will be okay. He watches down and prays for you. He sees sadness in your eyes. He wants to hug you and oh so tight and make your memories come alive. He lives in you. He lives in your stories. He is the music to your soul. He stood for what dreams are made of. We should have had the chance to watch him grow. He is the sound of the humming of the slow, steady wind. He is the strum in your guitar when you make a mistake. It is he, and he smiles. He is your sun on an overcast or cloudy day. He will always be around. He will be your light in your darkness. He is the endless need for a never-ending, never-wanting-ever-to-let-go hug. It brings a smile to his face as he says, There is nor ever will be any reason in the world that you should ever feel the need to have to let go. And we will never know why God has to take a child. And peace. Very, very moving. Your poetry tonight has been the type of poetry that people clamor for. When they want to hear a poem, when they want to go to a poetic uh, recital, when they want to go somewhere and hear a reading. When you see people go in the door and, and, and they take donations at the door for the poet, this is what they go to hear. It's Aww. really beautiful. Yeah. Thank you very much. That really does just, yeah, it hits right there, right in your gut, and just hangs with you. Both the pieces that you read today were really beautiful, very personal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
No, thank you for sharing them. You're welcome. Yeah, I haven't hit, I haven't written in a long time, and then it seemed like everything is sad or directed toward death, and then I just wonder if it's because of the anniversary at the back of my mind, and it was fresh for me. I was at an event on Sunday, and the lady and her husband got up to say say um a special dedication because their grandson just died at 10 years old unexpectedly, and I saw the pain in her eyes when I was sitting in the back of the row, and I had a four-year-old nephew die of brain cancer. So the feelings that I had, and I took it with seeing her pain, I wrote that piece in, like, under two minutes probably. It was just wow. touching touching in my heart. It just flowed out of my pen. Mm-hmm. And I was able to share it. I was able to share it with the couple I wrote it for, so that made me feel good. So, <laughs> yeah. That's I don't need to be a Debbie donor. Thank Mm. Yeah, but thank you for letting me share. I always love the show, and um, I'm glad I can come back, and hopefully I can do it more than I have been. I've been staying away for a while, like I said, because I've been in a rut, but I'm going to be bouncing back. I still try to play my 12 strings, so. I'm going to let Nyla know that you called in. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to start hunting for you. <laughs> if she listens to the archives, Shelly Gambino at Agent 419 misses you. <laughs> <laughs> That was a shout out to Nyla, by the way, if she gets that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm goofy. Okay, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> you want to let other people know how they can come find you, share some love? Um, yeah, my name is Shelly, and I am on Facebook. A poetical Intrigue is where I post it's everything, my poems. Try to keep my opinions to myself, but um, if some come out in your poetry, it does with anybody. But um, you don't want to go on my Facebook page. So my name is uh, Shelly, and poetical, not political, poetical intrigue is the page where I post all my poems. I have to make that perfectly clear because I'm very, um, I don't know, what do you say that when you're convicted of something outspoken and it's not good? So <laughs> don't visit my Facebook page, please. <laughs> To put a warning up when they see my Facebook profile. Warning. Very vulgar. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. The last time I Thank talked you. to you, I think I was in Wisconsin, and I crashed my, my truck, remember? Or no, yep. I took a bumper off the new road. Dodge. I took that bumper yeah. off the new Dodge. And, you know, because I had that in one little fender better, like two years before that, I was almost uninsurable. And my, my insurance tripled, and I just took his bumper off. My Whoa. truck was untouched. Oh, yeah. It's brand new plastic cars, man. They're expensive. <laughs> but I've been trying to watch my driving. But yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I didn't I right, remind Shelly. you because I didn't know if you remembered me. <laughs> I do. I definitely do. All right. Well, thank you guys. Right, and you have a good evening. Yep, to you thank as you. well. Yeah, thank you guys. Yep. All right. <laughs> Next up on the air, we have area code 807. 807, you are on the air. Hello, is this James Earl Jones that I'm speaking to right now? (laughs) (laughs) Hey there, Robbie. (laughs) Hey there. I was laughing to myself. I I heard uh, Clarence's poetry there. and, uh, And, you know, like sometimes you think of a line when they think of a line. And mm-hmm. his his really 
you know, his really direct line there about urinary tract infection. I, I thought I thought of my own take on it. I thought uh, urinary you're a urinary tract infection, but you won't take the piss out of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's saying that's telling uh, it as yeah. it is, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell if that was stunned silence there for a sec, but. <laughs> Did Rob just say that? Gentle spoken Robin. Rob? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so, How have you been doing, Robbie? Uh, basically okay. You know, there's some days like today that frustrate a little bit just because of COVID and everything else. But basically, mm. I'm basically I'm basically on an upswing. But, you know, that it's, sometimes things get... Uh, feel like they test you a bit, eh? <laughs> so, but yeah. right now that's the way it is, so. Uh, but regardless of that, uh, today I wrote, well, I wrote this like 40 minutes ago, and it's just one of okay. those things that just came into my mind and I had to write it. And I wrote this to Battlestar Sonotica from the new Battlestar Galactica soundtrack, and hmm. so I was listening to that while I wrote this and I just tweaked it a little bit afterwards and it's eerie when I write these things like when I read it when I read the proof or whatever the the last draft like for the fourth or fifth time that that's this has happened to me where the poem ends right ended right when the song ended and I didn't intend for that but it's just like I have this built-in rhythmic musical thing that fuses in with my poetry right and I've had mm-hmm. that at BTR happen once, or a couple of times, where I read a poem, and I had music in the background, and it ended right with the music. It's like, oh, magnifico. Anyways, <laughs> all that said, uh, this is a night remembrance. A night remembrance forsworn, of love bloomed in fullest array, as rose petals stems come erect. Remembering of the first time of love's blossom between us, now enhancing the flowers of present love's swoon. I remember it so well, like the night just passed. The way your lips grazed against mine with an excited and tentative taste. Your love, a sample of love's wine so divine, making the notes of my love's song swoon. Sharps and flats, and flowed into my love's song that night, accenting the chorus of sensuality that till then had grown to feel rather familiar, too much the same. I willingly went far past sane with you in the night just past, as your breast heaved against my chest, syncopation and synchronicity growing, two heartbeats growing to to beat as one. I lost my breath as your mouth pressed against mine, took in every single atom of air within my lungs. I gave it all to you in one moment before we even began, yet somehow I had more than enough to continue with you last night. You you remember it well too, don't you? The way your hands clasped with mine, me giving up my defenses to be wholly enveloped by you. I gave in, yet gave out all my energy to a creature fierce with love's fire. My body inflames with desire as you tore all my inhibitions away, 
bringing out all my desire. You made me weak in resistance, yet so strong in desiring you, and I loved you for it, body and soul, putting my mind and body in a juxtaposition of weakness and strength. My body grown hard with taut excitement, yet soft with love's acclaim. I exclaim to you now that I will remember it always, the way you brought out that exquisite contradiction, the hard and soft, the weak yet strong, resisting yet yielding. What power there is in that, to embrace the paradox, to lose one's breast to it, to lose one's very soul in it, as breast heaves against chest, as pelvic bone meets pelvic bone, and we dance the night away with two bodies jousting, playing the game that only lovers play. And that was A Night Remembrance. Robbie, that was so very different from what I am used to from you. Uh, well, it, it is and it isn't. It, I, I used to write more in that style a while back, a little more of that mm-hmm. Shakespearean tilt, but uh, I most of the time I just don't have the emotional energy to... I mean, even that poem took it all out of me. Most of the time I don't have the emotional energy, uh, for obvious reasons, to write something that's uh, packed and, and all that, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, how is it that it's uh, different for you, if I may ask? Well, I, I, want, I would say that most of the pieces that I'm familiar with, with your writing mm-hmm. tend to be more along the lines of, you know, the, the esoterical, the ethereal. And this was much more of like a here and now. Here's someone right in front of me, losing myself mm-hmm. within you. Mm-hmm. It, it was a different kind of flow, a different kind of purpose and drive to it. Not a bad thing. Just a tad different from what I was used to. Well, it's always good to surprise. (laughs) Hello, Mama. Well, Robbie, hi. It was great. It was really great. I was like, I I wanted you to stop doing it and and start over and do it in a cockney or with a British accent. (laughs) <laughs> Hello, Governor. Hello, Doc. Of, of the pelvic thrusting, I was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was like, wow. <laughs> like the wordplay was just awesome. That was uh, that was like super super good. I really enjoyed that. Thanks. Uh, and it's funny, like how something just grabs you. Like I've been listening to that Battlestar Sonatica over and over again because I've been finally getting back to my keyboard. I've been getting back to a couple of instruments finally. Uh, uh, I'm getting my energy back and, and playing some of my instruments. And I got back to my keyboard, and with this song that I've been listening to, it's I finally. I, I it's the song, the first song where I'm starting to feel the music theory part of it. And it's just such a strong feeling. It's like I can almost feel the music in me with its structure. It's pretty much impossible to describe, but it's like, yeah, it's just like I feel the the flow of the music just so viscerally. And uh, so it's become a special song for me that way. And and I was just like, I have to write this poem. I got an idea. And it's like, I have to write a poem and I have to write it to this song. (laughs) 
So, and I'm working yeah, on playing it too. You got to get a dance to go with it too. The, uh, the pelvic bone, the pelvic bone. How about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, think that one's going to be in a public chat, but. <laughs> if, the, if, the, if the twist could do it, and, and if, if Elvis could get, uh, get still get royalties off doing the twist, I'm sure we can do the pelvic bone. That would be great. <laughs> I used to do Argentinian like tango, you. actually. That was oh, that was so fun. Hey, that's another one. Yeah. Wow, Robbie, that was exciting. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And um, Christopher, um, we better keep it moving. <laughs> you heard mama I don't know it sounds like you're enjoying yourself <laughs> yes I am <laughs> okay Robbie um, did you have another piece that you wanted to read for us oh no no that's okay like I said like the, this this, it's like love making this, this just this one took it all out of me <laughs> <laughs> That's how you did the damn thing, boy. You did the damn thing. That was good. That was great. Thanks. I'm just full of it tonight, aren't I? (laughs) I'm going to hang up now before I get myself in trouble, if I haven't already. Well, (laughs) before you do, you've got to share. Oh, yeah. How are people going to find you, Robbie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I'm at uh, Robbie's Multimedia Poetry on Facebook. And I'm being posting more and more poems. Like I post, I just posted that one tonight on uh, allpoetry.com under Robbie's poetry. Uh, I wanted to put my full name there, but uh, you know how like di- every site is a little different, and that one uh, doesn't allow that number of characters for your name. So I've had to put myself under Robbie's poetry there. So I'm under yeah, I'm under Robbie's poetry at allpoetry.com. All right. Thank you so much for calling in tonight, Robbie. You bet. Good night. Good night. I'm going to put you back on hold. Okay. So next on the line, we have area code 863. 863, you are on the air. Uh-oh. I think I might know who this is. Noreen. Is that Noreen? That is indeed. We just got to wait for the audio to catch up. <laughs> right. That's how I know. All right. <laughs> oh, she was, she was ten, oh. 10 minutes behind. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm hello, Christopher. Hey there, Noreen. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, and he- hello, um, um, Mama. How you doing? Hey, baby. Okay. How'd the podcast go? How, the, um, oh, it ain't a contest. It's a um, it's a, a you do reading. It's gonna be this Saturday. Okay. Let everybody know about it. Okay. Okay, I will. You need to tell them, tell them now? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, This Saturday at 4 o'clock Eastern time, this is in Florida's time, okay, I'm having, um, 
I'm doing um, 100,000 poets for change with the Poetry Club. And if anybody wants to read a poem, and the theme is um, peace, justice, and sustainability. And this is the 11th year it's been going on. And um, Michael Rothenberg and Terry Carrion has um, 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 founded this um, this organization 11 years ago. So I want to honor them for doing this. And it's all about change. And you can be a poet, a musician, photographer, and um, and what and 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 any of that. And it's all about change. Okay. And there's organ. There's all events all over the world globally. Okay, she put it on Nyla's uh her community page, the page that she has for this show, so everybody can see it. Okay, I sure will. Okay. Right. Do I put uh, Do I put the links where they can sign up? Yes, put everything on the on her uh, activity page. Okay, I show. sure will. Okay. Okay. What did you bring to us tonight? Okay. Um, for Gary, I have this um the poem called um Dead or Alive. Okay. Ooh, Is there okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Is there yeah. realization when you're dead? Is there a discerning moment when you think you're going to be dead? Or when you believe you're going to be dead, at this moment, will you realize and know what you will not give up and you will fight for until your death, the end? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was over, over before I was dead. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. And, um... Okay, and the poem um, I'm going to read is called Dear Writer's Block. Okay, we're through, Writer's Block. I am breaking up with you. I want to be free. Our goals are not the same. I want to write a poem a day or more, but you won't let me. You just want me to sit at the table staring at a blank piece of paper Ricking out my brain, working over time, nothing to show for it, nerve-wrecking to me. So we're through, writer's block. Go away and leave me be. The end. I'm also chilling, sitting at the table, staring at a blank piece of paper. So you go in a ring. Tell it off. <laughs> yes, tell it like it. Tell it like it is. <laughs> yes, and then um, my second poem is going to be a response. I wrote one for response to it, and it's called Writer's Block. Okay, and this is the Writer's Block talking. The Writer's Block talking. Okay, and the reason I wrote this because to, um, back in 2010. Um, um, Rick Lupert on his show, um, he wanted me to, um, he challenged me to do, um, um, to do a response to that poem, Dear Writer's Block, and this is what I came up with. Okay. I'm your writer's block. It's true. I'm no friend of yours. I am the impediment to your thinking. I am the poet's and writer's nightmare. Oh, dear poet. How how wrong you are to think of me like that. You worked too hard. You needed a break for a while, 
so I gave you one. Don't complain, just write. How many times have you broken up with me and then wrote good poetry? Many times, so don't forget it. Go ahead and leave me, but I'll be back to have a, to haunt to haunt you. Wait, go ahead and leave me, but I'll be back to haunt you and to stalk you until you write your best. Even the greatest poets have been haunted by me. The end. Mm. Um, you say you'll be back to Opulence. I couldn't hear it. Did you say Rogers Block said it would be back to ovulate? To, um, no, to um, be back to... Uh, to haunt us. To haunt them. No, that happened. No, before you said haunt us, what it was the line before that? Um... Oh, but I'll be, okay, go ahead and leave me, but I'll be back to haunt you and to stalk you until you write oh, your best. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. I don't know. Now I'm just imagining writer's blocks are sitting there ovulating at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote this before I knew about um that, that Nava said there is no such thing as writer's block. Uh-oh. Right. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. I enjoyed it. I'm thank, laughing. Thank, I got tears in my eyes. But, uh, thank, thank you. Uh, Noreen, I always laughter, love hearing laughter this stuff. Laughter is good for I couldn't hear you. I, have, I said, I said laughter is good for the soul. I have so much respect for your guts. You get out there mm-hmm. and you try everything and like you know, if it's too hard, if it's raining, whatever, you still give it a try. I just respect that so much in you. The same way with your poetry, mm-hmm. you just spit it out. You just say it. What needs to be said. <laughs> like, you well, know, it's so honest and so pure. Yeah. Well, um thank you, Mama. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Miss Noreen. Okay. Let people know how they can come find you. Share some okay. love for you and Gary. Okay. And you can find um Gary and I you can find our books Two Hearts in One, The Ara Truth, Now and Forever Our Love and Other Love Poems and Reflections of Our Inner Beings on Amazon dot com. And then you can also find um you can find them on um um, Ko-Fi, K-O-F-I, and, and if you want an um, autograph book, you can go on ko-fi.com and get it from, buy it from me, and you'll get an autograph signed by me. And if you want my um, first one, it's no, called You'll Learn to Love Me, and um, it's my very first book, and it's in a different name, but it, you can't, you, but you can still get it on Ko-Fi because I have some left. I have about 60 still. And if anybody wants to buy that, they can too, and I will sign them. And then, um, and then, then you also can. Um, oh, I have other things up there too besides books. I have greeting cards. And after this event is over Saturday, I'll be um getting ready for cr- the Christmas cards up there. I already have three designs, so I'm working. On, and then, then after starting Sunday, I'll start um 
getting them ready to be put up there. Hmm. And then um, and, and then you can find Gary and I on our official uh, website at um, Gary and Noreen Snyder dot dot com front slash poetry. And um, you can also uh, click on one of them pages where, and you can see the memorial slides I have for Gary. And um, okay, okay, and and, and then um, you can find Gary on um, Facebook dot com, poetrypoem dot com, um, reverbnation dot com, and he's also Googleable and Googleable, and you can also find me on Facebook dot com. PoetryPoem.com and ReverbNation.com and um on um, um Gary and I both are on KO FI under Gary and Noreen and then um you can find us um on every Saturday evening it won't be this Saturday but having that event but after this Saturday I'll have it every Saturday at Facebook Live at the Poetry mm-hmm. Club um 5:30 every Saturday. But this Saturday is the event, and that would be on All Zoom. Right. But, but that would be on Zoom. But I'm going to um, live stream it on Facebook. All, All right. right, that sounds really like a, a, a nice agenda. Everybody yes. else is sitting down. You're getting busy. I respect mm-hmm. you for that. You go, okay. girl. You okay, go. Thank you. Because everything I do now, everything I do is in honor of Gary. And give the glory to God for keeping you moving and keeping you Mm -hmm. mobile like that, too. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Noreen. Okay, you're welcome. Well, except me going to the doctor, I'm not honoring Gary for that. (laughs) But everything else I do is in honor of Gary, like all these poetry (laughs) events and everything I do in poetry. Creating cards is in honor of Gary, too. That's perfect. Thank you, Noreen. I'm going to put you on hold. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I took to, took so long. Sorry. No problem. Okay, thank you. All right. So next up, we have area code eight one five. Eight one five, you are on the air. I was on mute. Eight Happy one. Thursday. Oh, the storm. There you are. <laughs> I thought that I was the okay. Yep. <laughs> I'm always talking on mute. <laughs> Sorry. How are you doing, Miss Gina Storm? I'm here. I came. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad I didn't miss out. I just, I hate when I miss shows. Anybody's show any week. I try to go to all the shows everywhere, always. So, wow. <laughs> it's a that thing. Must keep yeah. you very busy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have no well, idea. Look, that's one of the best moves you can make during a pandemic. Stay at home and do the shows. Yeah. I've that way you don't have to worry about getting. Yeah, and you don't have to get coronavirus while you're out there or, yep, or Delta. I don't watch a lot of TV. I like to read. I like to read poetry. I, um, you know, um, the 100,000 Poets for Change, I've been doing the show every day. Matter of fact, that's what I'm going mm-hmm. to um, title my freestyle tonight, Change. Okay. All right. <laughs> Y'all ready? Let's uh-huh. hear it. No. Give me 10 more minutes. 
Come on, Mama. Seriously? All right. But you know what? And I was sitting here looking at the clock like, was you serious? No. Um, <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm titling my freestyle chain. I got to get, I have to redirect my energy. Okay. Chain. That was a time in my life when I didn't think it was possible. I mean, not really. See, I've been the same person pretty much since infancy. My mom says that I was born funny acting and always allergic to something. And even as a child, I had OCD. I called it organized. She called it psychotic. We saw it differently. And now I see the change in me. Gotten to the point where I get lackadaisical. Sometimes I'll allow a little time to go by before I let the craze kick in. I know I'm going to have to fix that. I know all the labels aren't facing the same way. I know that the boxes are not lined up in the pantry according to size. And sometimes I have to let that be okay. It was a little thing that I did. It wouldn't seem like nothing to you if it wasn't something that you were actually having a compulsion to do. Like, I cannot not check the door lock three times before I go to bed. I tried to do it before, and... All I can say is it was morning before I went to bed. I couldn't sleep at night because I didn't do the thing that made it all right. For me, letting little things like, I don't know, just organized pantry shelves go, in my mind, it's huge, a major change, something that I felt like I didn't have to control, like I gave that one away. I didn't have to have my hand on the strings of every balloon. I could let some float. Sail away. Embrace the change. Not be afraid. Do new things. Try new things. Mostly, I'm just cooking for me. So I don't care if I eat something that's going to make me gassy. Who knows? Then I realized the other day, I'm excusing myself, and there's no one in the room. So this is a good time for me to take inventory and stock in all that I might be, the good, the bad, and the smelly. But at least I learned more about myself during this time by myself. I'm willing to change. I'm Gina Storm. Thank you for indulging me in peace. That was amazing. Honestly, like. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> I think every single time someone comes on here and freestyles something, I'm always just in awe. I, wow. I'm listening to, to you recite this whole thing, and I'm just sitting there thinking, this is perfect. This is exactly what I'm used to seeing when people are talking about their experiences with OCD, with anxiety, with just the oh, yeah. concept of trying to manage that kind of change, change in thought and change of behavior. Mm-hmm. You just kind of nail it on the head just right off the cuff. <laughs> it, it would even get to the point where I would be anxious. Like, um, you know, my heart would beat rapidly. I would be sweaty and and just not okay, just shaky, just not okay. Mm-hmm. And it was a little thing like um, the, I, I, the canisters on the counter are in a certain order. And, and, like, everything, literally, I can tell you where something is in this house right now, and it be where I yep. said it is because that's where it belongs. So yep. it's um, I had to embrace it. I had to let it go. I had to give myself the freedom for that to be okay. 
talking about it, it was really... making me feel a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. <laughs> My no, mom's always said, was... you know, OCD don't turn off. I'm, I'm, no, it doesn't turn I'm off. Sorry. But you can't modify it. No, I'm sorry. I mm. thought I was talking in the conversation. I was on mute like a, a mug. Okay. Oh, look at you, Mama. Uh, you doing a Gina. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, you said uh, compulsion. And that's when my mm-hmm. ears perked up when you said, you said, uh, I can't stop doing something that I got to do it. And next thing I know, it's morning. That'd be so horrible. You're sleepy, you're tired, and you're still doing things you don't want to do. And next thing you know, you haven't had any sleep, and it's morning. And you're mm-hmm. like, wow. I just couldn't yeah. stop thinking. I couldn't stop thinking. That's what I get getting out of your your piece when you were talking. Yeah, like you just couldn't not stop thinking. Off. Like, yeah, keep going in deeper to deeper and deeper into thought and thinking, then getting more creatively creative, uh, creative with the thoughts. And the next thing you know, it's like a silence, a real exhaustion coming over you. Oh, I yeah, got all of that out of what you just did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Mama. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you guys so much. <laughs> I didn't yeah, know if I was going to always... make it. Like, I literally was mic hopping and was like, oh, I got to hit Nyla. <laughs> so I'm going to Speakeasy Cafe and I don't know where I'm going next. <laughs> but I'm just, I, it's a thing I do, especially Thursdays. Thursday's always been a good day for me for Mike. Um, <laughs> This is my fourth. No, thank you so much for sharing that. Like I, I've, I've got a real soft spot for for anything mental health related. Like I've been working in mental health and and trying to manage my own mental health for, gosh, almost two decades now. So anything mm-hmm. that starts to delve into what the experience is like, I really just wholeheartedly embrace that. Like more people yeah. really need to have some kind of idea, some kind of, of knowledge of what just everyday life can be like for someone yeah. that's going through this. Anxiety, um, panic attacks. Um, mm-hmm. My grandchildren used to have night terrors. They don't anymore, thank God. Um, sleepwalking is very, uh, there's a high rate of sleepwalking in my family. A lot of stuff going on. People don't talk about. More people should. I did um, mm-hmm. childhood and adolescence depression, anxiety, and medication for a piece earlier today. And I titled it The Mm. Babies because um, people don't understand or even, how about this? When a child is first going to daycare, when their mom goes back to work, and they have separation anxiety, that's the beginning of them becoming anxious. Mm -hmm. And they're nonverbal, but they want their mom. It's too much. But, yeah, thank you for the time and the space, and I love the show. I'm going to listen for a while, and I love you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Gina, before I let you go, though, you got to let people know, how can they come find you? Oh, I'm everywhere that poetry is. Uh, Gina with an E, storm-like inclement weather, only I'm sunshine on a rainy day. That is my name on Facebook on all of my pages. Uh, Gina Storm's Perfect Weather. Tina Storm fan page, Tina Storm spoken word freestylist fan page, Storm's Cadence, uh, where else? My YouTube is Storm's Cadence, uh, Regina Brooks, Regina Brooks at Instagram and Regina Brooks at Twitter. That's it. That's where you can wow. find me. But if there's an open <laughs> mic, I'm on it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Gina. You're welcome. I'm going to put you on hold. 
uh, just your your cadence, your rhythm, your delivery. Like mm, it, it's mm. just giving me this 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 vibe. Like sitting down, listening to a preacher, just feeling the word, just kind of flow through. That was yes. really powerful stuff. Really, man. really old school style. Yes, it was. That was, mm-hmm. that was that took me back. I like that flow that he had. Yes, it was more like um, I, I I don't want to give somebody that's doing negative poetry, but it's a flow that just I was that, that's familiar, and you can mm-hmm. just go with it. Yeah, and his mm-hmm. voice was really nice too. Yeah, it's been a great show. Thank you for really thanking all the poets for it. Yeah. All right, Raymond. Thank you very much for sharing with us. All right. You're welcome. Good night. Mm -hmm. Good night. Okay. So So how many many we got left? How many many people we got Um, left? Right now, I actually only see one other person. That's going to be area code 919. Everyone else looks like okay. they've already raised their hand at least once. Okay, so are they still doing two pieces? Um, I think we've got time for two pieces, yeah. Okay. So okay. So let me area code 919 right. on. Okay. 919, you are on the air. Hello. Who am I speaking to? This would be Christopher Ryan and Mama Ola Daisy. In the building. Mama, Mama Ola Daisy and Christopher Ryan in the building. This is blessing. <laughs> yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. I am Granville and I'm going to perform a couple of pieces for you. Okay. I'm going to do the this poem is called. The Son of God meets the Prince of Darkness. The Son of God, God meets the Prince of Darkness. All right, yes. go ahead. The devil knocks at my door. He does so often. Sometimes I let him in. Today is one of those times. It's on. He knows it's on. He comes in and takes a seat. I do likewise. Then the mind games begins. He stares at me. And I at him. He knows I know who he is and why I let him in. We fought before, many times before. He is my admirer. He quotes me, tries to woo. Me, but he knows that I despise him. But he is back 
You can't stop the devil from trying. And he tries. And he fails. And we fight and fight some more. I am in hell with this demon. The battle is brutal. There is no quarter given. There is none required. For he is what he is. And I am that I am. The walkers, the carnage, the angels, they cheer for me while his acolyte stands in awe. I am second-guessing myself. Why did I let this bastard in? The battle lasts for hours, days, weeks, until finally I put my foot in his ass and send him Calling. Reluctantly, he leaves. Still angry, I watch as he disappears from sight. And I know that he will be back. It is what he does. He is the benighted one. The prince of darkness. He shall be forever at my heels. For when he comes to my house, he sees what most do not see. He sees a sign that reads, the Son of God in training. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh man, Granville, I I've got to say, like right from the get go until the very end, it just sounded like you were ready to do battle. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, that was wonderful. That just kind of sent shivers through me. Okay. Mama, yes, there you are. Yes, I, the, the performance is. It's just made of a mode of like a, a one man show. Mm-hmm. You just get up there and do uh, monologues and just, you know, like I say, another before that was you get paid for some of you just come just to watch him do a monologue. It's a one man mm-hmm. performance. I love hearing him. I kind of accidentally <laughs> called him Blessington. It's another man called Junior Blessington, and I was uh, thinking uh, the wrong name. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Tell about your name and where we can find you. Okay. Uh, my name is Granville John Hedrington. You can find me on Instagram and and uh, Facebook. And I just performed, I just did a show on Sunday night in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where I was supposed to perform for 25 minutes. But I performed for, for yeah. 42 minutes. It okay. was beautiful. The audience sat in the seat and they never left. 
I'm telling yeah, you, it was, it was totally. Did you do that? Did you do that? Yes, and you know what? People want to change their ways, and sometimes you have a way of convincing people to change their ways because just speaking the truth like that is kind of a, you know. You know, that's the intention. That, I suppose that's what we do. You know, we, we try to spark light and and grab people's attention into positive things and, and, and give them strength and motivation yeah. and encouragement, you know. And, and when I started that poem <laughs> Sunday night, when I started the poem Sunday night, the very, just like the guy was saying here, uh, Christopher, from the very line, first line, I grabbed mm-hmm. the people's attention and they just stayed right there because they wanted to know what happened. <laughs> and yeah, it's just try, to, try to make a but, change because it's an old, old African proverb says it's a stubborn fly that follows the corpse to the grave. Yep, 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 yep. And the first time I did, I performed that poem there. I performed it in a bar. We was downstairs and the restaurant was upstairs. And when I did that poem there and I finished, the whole place upstairs and downstairs was clapping. And, and, and that's how you're you supposed to leave them. Back in yeah, the day, they tell you to break a leg, you kill them. <laughs> kill them with yeah, it. I'm, kill them with it. Yeah. Kill them with it. Kill them with it. Yeah, yeah. Poetry. <laughs> yeah. But, but when I finished the poem, and, 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 and with all that applause, as I was walking back to my seat, I thought to myself, Everybody knows the devil. He's a famous bastard. Okay. <laughs> Everybody knows what you the devil. Do. Kill him with the All poetry, right, man. You're not seeing it. One love out. Yes, sir. Well, Mr. Graham. Yes, sir. Do, Mr. You, Mr. Nice do you have one more poem that you'd like to share with us? We do have time for it. Man, that is... That is like asking if snow is white or water is wet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, of course it does. All right, come on, mm-hmm. baby. Come on, wet. <laughs> hey, and I'll tell you one thing, too. If you want more than two, don't be afraid to ask. I told you I performed for, for 42 minutes. And, and I had three right, points think... left over. In I Africa. might just hold you to that. <laughs> Right, right. Please do. Please do. Um, let, me, let me tell you something. I felt so unleashed Sunday night, but I'm a poet that I need to perform for like an hour because I have, dude, my 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 stock is in, indefatigable and profound. I'm telling you, you know, so anybody of the artists of my voice need a poet to perform for an hour? I'm your guy, Granville John Hedrington, 919-264-3926. Call me. I will get the job done. Guarantee. <laughs> I will put it in the contract. Anyway. Wow. You, you, you want one more poem? Uh, you want, anyway, you, I'm going to do this one and then ask me if, and then tell me if you want me. All I'm right. Let's start with one. Okay, let's start with one. Okay, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this poem I'm gonna do. This one is called, my son called this poem the classic. But this, this is one of my, one of my first poems that I've written. 
when I when I found when I realized that I had I was mastering my craft. This poem is called The Chew. The Chew as in task. I have traveled to the core of my soul. And I have seen the uttermost my belly. Yes, I have faced my fears. I have pondered understanding and interrogated madness. Wisdom has felt my scrutiny. Wit made an ally of me. Secret places became my abode. In the silence, my mind played. Walking with the intangible. And this became my sure in life just something to do in the scheme of things thank you thank you very much mm. oh man yeah i can definitely see how everybody would enjoy just kind of hanging out for an extra like 30 40 minutes just to sit and chill and listen that is some great stuff. Man. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, I tell, I was telling them when I was performing, I, I tell them that I could, have, I, I could have always talk since I was small. <laughs> yeah, I could always, and 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 one day I was, I was talking to one of my friends, and I was telling him like what I'm into, and he said to me, he said, you always had clear thoughts, and you know, and I said, you know what? That's that's a good way to really put it. I've always had clear thoughts. Mm-hmm. I always have people coming to my house to talk to me. I was always a voice <laughs> of reason. I could have uh-huh. always understood things difficult to understand. That yeah. is absolutely a gift. Yeah. I did I did, I did a Shakespeare Sunday night too. Mm-hmm. Oh, blow them away. The shakes over the second one I do. And feel free to ask me to do it. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to put you on hold for now. We do got other callers that haven't had a chance to uh, to read a piece yet. But okay, do good, hang good. out. And, yeah, I could always just kind of rely on you, pop back in here, read another one for us. Uh, I'll be thank right you here so here. much, Granville. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Let me, let me put you on hold. And next up, I'm seeing area code 832. 832, you are on the air. Me? Is Hello? That, me? that is indeed you. Is this oh, Uma? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I hey there, Uma. <laughs> hey, how are you, Mike? Is that Mike or Adams? This is Christopher Ryan. Hi, I'm Christopher Ryan. I'm just filling Ryan. in for Nyla. 
And I've got Mama Oladeji on the line with me as well. Wow. Hi, Mama. How are you? Greetings. Greetings. Yeah, good evening. Love to hear your, you know, all the bold lines that you write. (laughs) Okay. I was actually going to read these things. I was quietly reading them myself. Now that you are, Mm -hmm. you have put me online, is it okay if I read it aloud and that, not complete. They are still in process in making, but then I would like to share them. Uh, starting with the notes to self, I am working on a libretto type of story with contemporary thoughts, but story would be different from what we read in Shakespearean tragedy Othello. <clears throat> um, enter mom and Jade as a kid. Jade, my girl, what are you doing here? Watching dragonflies, mom. Have you done your homework? Not yet. What takes so long? The dragonflies, oh mom, circling around the flowers are so beautiful as the light reflects through their transparent wings, delicate and fragile like a gossamer wave. Oh, what a beauty in the creation of the Lord in the heavens. I wish I was a dragonfly or a butterfly or a blue jay touching the skies, going in circles over the brooks and valleys and hills on the countryside or way beyond crossing the seas and the mountains and the stunning space above and be a star, have a light to give one and all forever and more. And the protagonist, male. Oh, handsome stranger, have we ever met before? I seem to get lost in my spirit as I feel your looks splashing on my cheeks and forehead. My lips and my nose and my bosom and all over my corpus. Are you from the moon or have you ever been? Lotus eyes like yours would make me so lovely. Is that you in my dream last night that I couldn't let you go? And then lots of other things, antagonists and all those things, which I have not yet written, but I go to the next part of it where it is a mind of disturbance again. And what it is is that why does one hide themselves when all they can is to say, hey, I'm not stirred if if all the time you choose to follow me. Haunt me like one would do to someone who needs to be behind bars. It's nasty, simply put. All you got to say is, hello, how are you? I do not think you need to go around people to decipher what I say. These patterns are hounding us. One or less and less impressive, if ever you care. Hey, I know you try to manipulate, pull strings, and keep all vicious thoughts. Don't mess with lives of decent people to throw mud and be proud. Is it how your machines in the brain work, never positive in such a vein? Cheesh for thinking so much more of a mere poison ivy. I am a believer. Now, don't keep following me. Don't come after me nor my family, for you are more responsible, respectful, and in high social stature. Do not let hasty decisions spoil your... It is unfinished. (laughs) That's okay. No, thank you for sharing that with us. I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm curious to see what you're going to do with it. (laughs) I I just had to check it out. Is to get it out of my world, you know. Mm-hmm. It's the subject. Yeah. 
Was it sounds like the subject was one of our yeah. ex-presidents. There, there was a protagonist, and then there was an mm-hmm. antagonist. And this antagonist mm-hmm. is after her, and uh, she believed the antagonist first, and then she comes to know what exactly the person is like, and then um, it, the story goes on and on. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It is just going on. I'm writing it. It has to come on by itself. I can't force them, hmm. but the words have come. Hmm. Wow. Do you have another one for us? Yeah, of course, always. Mm-hmm. Okay. If not, I have to go to my book and just read out of that. I have my book in my Kindle, so I'll open it up. It's called A Few Poems from My Heart. Oh, wow. That's a nice nice title. <laughs> poems from My Heart, and there are a few of my favorite poems in it, which I must have read it so many times. But then this is one thing, I don't know if I have read it. It's called Waves Waving the Wind. It's an old poem I must have written maybe about 10 years or 15 years back. <clears throat> but still it goes on this way. Mary again. Here. In the wind every time I see, I find the dust particles that shine in the sun's rays. Fallen leaves dried out and rolling on the dirt. Twigs that fell off as the wind rustled. I see small twigs shouting and dancing to the waves of the wind. I see little plants breathing through their small leaves and growing to be huge trees that shelter the young birds. I see homes standing and sometimes falling all through my life. I see birds flying and crying and cooing and wooing. I see pyramids, palaces, pillars and gates, all standing tall along with farms and gardens and huts and streets, places of worship, and unworthy everywhere people dwell. I see little children with nothing on play and cry for a morsel of food. I see young women escorted and deceived or raped and left to die. I see people starting their lives, ending if it, in, if it nears, yet to see some good that leads hope that is just a door for one to enter another life. And Well, I'll go first. That was so poetic. It just took me back to when God was just thinking of making all these different things. I mean, who else but a poet would pay attention to a a small tree blooming into a large tree that would become a home for the birds to live in? I mean, who but a poet would appreciate the wonders of this universe and God's creation. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you, Mama. Thank you. Took the words right out of my mouth, Mama. There's something to be said about patience involved with being able to see something come to fruition like that. 
And just the way that you were able to capture all that, put it into word, <laughs> those that don't have the patience, they get to experience it. I think that really is the essence of, of poetry, of being able to share an experience with someone. Uh, thank you so much for sharing tonight, Uma. Always, always Christopher Ryan D and Mama, because anything I read here is the product from here, because I was hesitant, I was not writing, I was so lost, and then as I listen to you all, your voices have resonated in me to bring out some words into me, into my mind, from the mind to you all. So mm-hmm. I am just indebted to you all. Always. That, I think that was absolutely Nyla's intention when she first started the Speakeasy Cafe. She very much wanted a place where poets could be themselves, could reach out, and could inspire other people. The fact that that worked for you, that you're here in turn doing that for others, I think she'd be very happy to hear that. I hope so, too. I hope so, too, Randy, because I don't know. I don't know if it means anything to anyone with what I am, but I try to live. I'm living. That's a proof enough that people can survive, mm-hmm. no matter what. All right, Uma. Let everyone know how they can come find you. Oh, I'm always available when Nyla is on Speak Easy Cafe because that's the only place where I come out to speak. And these days, Facebook, I'm not much into it because um, I will come back because certain reasons I did not, but there are other avenues, a different account from which I can come perhaps. Everything is good, and I miss Nyla today, and I hope to hear her next week, perhaps. And um, I think she should be yeah, back yeah. either next week or or the week. Oh, I hope she's having a gala time out there, whatever she's busy with, and I wish her luck. <laughs> and um, my books are, one of the books is available, like this poem that I just read from, it's a, a few poems from my heart. It is available on Amazon.com. And the other one is on Blurb. Most of the poems on Blurb are what are there in Amazon one also, but something more are there. And that book is uh, professionally edited by Brian Rickson. And this one, what I wrote from my heart, uh, is what I created, and it's not very professional. Let me tell you, I assure you that it's not too professional. <laughs> but Sunset Sale on a Moonlit Night from Blur Publications is edited by Mr. Brian Dixon J. And it's a, I, I like it. Whatever he has done is excellent and no comparison. And I'm surprised that it could be me who, who must have heard it, but I know that because I did it indeed. And, they just came because I was 
talking to you all and over the time, whatever I accumulated, some of them I had them printed. So that's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you so much, Uma. And uh, these days I'm enrolled in Hope Writers also, as well as um, taking some classes in, in print. And I told them that I am a student of Naila Alicia School of Poetry, where I get great poets who teach us, like Mama and uh, mm-hmm. so many others. And these are not something that I can describe in words, but when I hear them, I get so motivated with the words that I hear. If you allow me, I would like to hang on, on mute and then listen some more. Of course. Absolutely. Let me put you on hold, Uma. Thank you, Andy, and thank you, Mama, and thank you, everyone. Very welcome. Enjoyed you. Okay. So I believe that is everyone that has raised their hand and had an opportunity to read for the first time tonight. So I can start going through seeing if anybody else wants to read another piece. But before I do that, I think I'm going to start with you, Mama. You had me choose between two different pieces. I chose one. I'm curious if I get to hear the other one. I did two pieces, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did one, and then I let you choose one, and then I did it. You didn't do anything. Did you want to do I. One? I actually don't have any of my pieces on me right now. Okay. So I am unfortunately not quite so skilled as to remember all of them piece by piece. So I am afraid I am going to have to uh, bow out on that one. All right. Yeah, well. And um, get your friend to come back in, uh, whoever wants to do another piece. I was going to call on you. Oh, me? Okay, well, mm-hmm. I'm gay. Let me go back over here to the computer. And my computer has a poem already stuck up there. Uh, what is the name of this piece? Actually, it's a piece somebody wrote about my daughter. Because um, mm-hmm. I already had that photo. So. Uh, it's not my poem. It's a beautiful poem. About dreaming with tulips, and it's um, dedicated to the memory of my daughter by Cynthia Sharp. Thank you, Cynthia. I'm going to read your poem. From a bulb inside Earth's womb, roots penetrate the soil. Luminous through snow, candescent colors overflow the boundaries of time. Tulips vibrantly answering the call. Stems grow beyond the edges of a base, curve like rivers, forge new directions and define for themselves who they are. Unafraid of transition, tulips allow the flow of life to turn their inside into buttercup yellow elixir, falling on fairies like a gentle halo. Ophelia's spirit, risen, 
dedicated to the memory of Kai by Cynthia Sharp, read by Mama Ola Daisy Kai's mother. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I listen to these pieces and it's like I I just really want to sit there and soak it in, you know, just let the last word just hang in the air because it does just, I don't know. I think some pieces really do just kind of need to sit on their own for a little bit. But Cynthia is a really good poet. She's from... Um... I think the same area that Robbie is from, uh, mm-hmm. Canada or New. I can't exactly remember, but uh, not she's not here in America, but she's a really good poet. Mm-hmm. I'll invite her to come on the show one day, and I will come to that. Mm-hmm. So, moving right along, or do we, <laughs> you want me to do another piece? <laughs> Um, if you'd like, I know Granville said that he he was more than willing Just to read another okay. piece. Well, let so. Granville come back in, and I'll do I'll do one more, and then we can like uh, either call somebody else to come in or or close it up. Because um, tomorrow's Friday, uh-huh. and you know we got to work tomorrow. <laughs> I work the farmers market on Friday. No, seriously, I'm serious. I work the farmer's market on Fridays. And uh-huh. on October 11th, they want me to come in at the farmer's market and do my poetry. I'm going to have an event at the farmer's Ooh. market. So, yeah. So I didn't look at you. Cool. But tomorrow, yeah. Got me back on my mm-hmm. Or something that I love, oh, making awesome. jewelry, going to the farmer's market, getting good vegetables. <laughs> then they have a chef that comes in. A chef that comes. No, seriously, the chef comes in and does demos and right there on the farmer's market and gives everybody uh-huh. little samples. That is so cool. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, this is called Words Specifically. Collecting words has resulted into a lifetime of gathering. Now I am choosing which words to send to you. I send you choice words on special days and specific words on chosen days. I share I share words that are specific to the cause or for the special occasion, ruling words, boss words, succinct and specific, comical words, healing or forgiving words. When hungry, You, with my words, feed you. When hungry, I feed you with my words. And then I add spice. Some call them explicit. My words are a collection of selections, choice words for all occasions. When I'm speaking, one or more of my words may offend you, but not really. Words should not be apologetic because you should know they are subject to interpretation. (laughs) Even the truth can be told with a slant. What I say may be a rant. Like when I have to explain to lames 
the reasons that all lives and black lives matter is not the same. There are degrees of lame, and some are so far gone that you can't even begin to explain where to start, where to start. My thoughts may not always be calibrated to represent exactly what I meant. Words I use to establish a thought or concept may not be what you understand it to represent. I am not of disestablishment. And tis I attempting but not always bringing forth a meeting of the mind. Getting understanding is another human feat. Communicating for another being to receive you is a feat. Most minds are out of reach. And getting through to them is like a security breach. (laughs) How certain words make you feel is felt by your subliminal choice. Once I am involved in its mystery, it's for me to solve. How you apply them to your womb is called. All depends on their appeal to your ears. You can retreat or feel defeated. You may feel these words may be needed to be repeated. Or it might be just you want to ignore them. But that's not my fault. Somehow those particular words struck you peculiar. Did not suit you, yet you suited up and wore them. Walked around all day feeling some kind of way until those words just felt familiar. And eventually you owned them wearing one-time words, those words that did not suit you, did not fit you, but you wore them anyway. And somehow that's not my fault. Maybe you were thinking they were food for thought before contemplating. You ate them up. You devoured those words, those crazy, spicy words, those words that were sprinkled heavily, heavy-handedly over my sentences, <laughs> like salt on a salt shaker. Sadly, only you could make the decision of how those words affect you. You chose to bond with those words, claim those words to be your truth. Being willfully ignorant is not so blissful after all. No names were called. That means those words specifically spoke to you. So you knew. Mama, I love that, that line that you had in there about how sometimes words just don't really get through and that it it almost is like a security breach for those people that are just trying so hard not to hear you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you caught that. I'm, I'm glad. You know what? You're the best at giving feedback, mm-hmm. and I hope everyone that came on tonight really got a chance to appreciate and bond a little bit with uh, Christopher. That's why you know that was that was just a, a really good show. And I'm gonna sign off and say, everybody, thank you. I gotta get ready for work in the morning. I'm gonna let Christopher close it out. And um, okay. Thank you, guys. No, thank you so much for, for hanging out with me, Mama. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it immensely.
All right, then. I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to mute my... Okay. So, it looks like we have a bunch of people that just raised their hands, so I'm going to let them back on as much as I can, and then we'll start making the rounds again. So, first up on deck, I'm seeing area code 506. Hello. 506, you are on the air. Hi. How are you? Hello. I'm doing good. How are you doing this evening? Good. I'm uh, I'm calling from Canada. I'm Lady A. Good to hear from you, Lady A. What have you got for us this evening? Um, I have um, I have a brevity, um, and it's uh, called for eons. So it seems. Weeping willows grieve in forest green for eons, so it seems. Emerald eyes blink an earthly moment in time as moon lights the sky. Maple trees mark the moss-carpeted road. On rocks sit chirping toads. Today is the day under a sweet tangerine sun our eternity has begun. Roots embedded within two lovers release eternity with each other. Fireflies celebrate as she, he embraces. Her sorrow, he erases. Honey drips from ruby lips. They've waited so long. Now sing their song. In vineyards of grapes and ivy, forever now stands by me. Weeping willows no longer grieve in forest green. Lovers walk in waters deep, waves wash. Sorrow, clean, and poem. Hmm. Uh, you had a, a line in there about, uh, forgive me for paraphrasing, I, I believe it was something along the lines of her sorrow he erases. Yes. Fireflies celebrate as she, he embraces her sorrow he erases. That I really, really loved. I I heard that and it just brought to mind just the, the amazing kind of warmth that really does come from actually having someone that cares about you, that you know cares about you, that you know would actually do what they can in order to ease your pain and, and just <laughs> take the time to listen. Yeah. Yeah, so true. This is uh, a piece that um, as comes from my heart. It comes from my own reality. And, um, you know, um, I, I envision what it would be like to, for that reunion to meet again and um, what it would be like. And this is some of what it would be like, I'm, I'm sure. And I know that that line in particular would be entirely true. I really loved the whole piece. There was some great imagery in there, and it really does kind of speak to not only love in the moment, but, yeah, a love that's everlasting, something that does continue well beyond. Yeah. 
Thank you for that. Well, of course. I think, unfortunately, with the amount of new callers that did just raise their hand, I probably only have time for one poem each at this point. That's okay. So, Lady A, before I let you go, would you be so to let everyone know how they can come find you and share some love with you? Um, I can be found on uh, the poetry site, allpoetry.com, under the group, uh, A Team of Voices. Um... Uh, and on Facebook as Andrea Wheaton. That is awesome. Thank you so much for calling in tonight, ADA. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you uh, listening to my my uh, my words. Always. All right. I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to bring on our next caller. Okay, great. All right, let's see. Next on deck, I'm seeing area code 585. 585, you are on the air. Hello. I want to ask you to do me a favor. Can you come back to me? I'm driving. I'm about three minutes from where I need to stop. (laughs) Can you get somebody else so I don't hold up your time and please come back to me? Absolutely. Let me put you on hold again real quick. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right, then. So we're going to have 585 come back on a little bit later then. And instead, I'm going to bring on area code 502. 502, you are on the air. Five oh two, are you there? All right. Okay, then. Next up in line is area code 419. 419, you are on the air. Hello? Hello. Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Who am I speaking with? Uh, Melvin Johnson. Hey there, Melvin. How's it going? Not bad. How about you? I'm doing okay. Just trying to round things out for the night here. Now, okay. what do you have in store for us tonight? Um, okay, I have a it, – it, it's a new poem that I wrote. Um, actually, I think I just finished it yesterday. It's called I Used to Love You. America. I used to love you. I was proud to be of you, round my merry-go-round, my sliding board. I stored thoughts of good times in the vines of my memories of you. America, I used to love you. I pledged allegiance to you, even before I knew what allegiance meant. With my hand over my heart, I sang, my country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty. I believe in spacious skies, amber waves of grain, from sea to shining sea. And look what you did to me. America, I used to love you. Not knowing that from my inception, you were a deception. I really believed that all men were created equal and that I could pursue life, liberty, and happiness. Until Mississippi, a place where they murdered kids, 
fathers and young men trying to make the world a better place taught me different. And I realized that Rodney King was not the first black man that I had seen beaten by cops. He was the first that I had seen on television. And I saw black men, women, and children, water holes, beaten with batons, bitten by dogs, called nigger and boy, as I watched the struggle for rights to become civil while Malcolm died and Martin died and Fred was slain in his bed and Amadou was murdered for holding a comb and Philander was shot in front of his daughter and churches were bombed and halls of our schools fell victim to fools and children died and mothers cried and politicians lied and Satan filled with Satan filled with hate became our head of state and I tried to turn and tried to turn our democracy into a bureaucracy while hypocrisy became a political party. And I thought, what the fuck? America, I used to love you. I was proud to be of you. You were my playground, my merry-go-round, my sliding board. I stored thoughts of you, thoughts of good times in the vines of my memories of you. Now you've become something that I abhor. And I really don't like you much anymore. In Paul. Melvin, mm. that one strikes a chord, I think, in almost the worst way possible, <laughs> if, if that makes any sense. Like, the sense of disillusionment that just runs throughout that entire piece is so powerful. And I, I don't know. I think just listening to it, it's impossible not to feel a sense of disappointment in the direction that the nation has taken. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I feel. Uh, That really is an amazing piece. And, yeah a very, very sad reality. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Melvin, would you be so kind to let people know how they can come find you? Uh, You can find me on on Facebook, um, on YouTube, and on um, All Poetry under Melvin D. Johnson. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing that piece, Melvin. Thank you. Let me put you on hold real quick. Okay. All right. Next up, uh, let's see, area code 501. 501, you are on the air. Yes, sir. How you doing today? I'm doing quite well. And yourself? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, wow, you kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> How's the well, night been going for you, bro? speaking with? This uh, is Jared, okay. Jared King. Yeah, Jared King. yeah I'm, all, I'm all right. Uh-huh. Say it again, brother. Oh, it's going pretty good here right now. 
you know, show is kind of winding down for the night or getting close to. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to go in with this piece then. Um, All right. This is real bad. Uh, All right. I'm going to go with this piece here. To a little fish, the phase of the moon that is under the past would definitely be the warm incandescence of the honeymoon. Its warm orange glow has rejuvenated effects. It can make the old run and the wise very foolish. Every endeavor ever plausible, every possibility possible. Although the laws of physics are unchanged, but yet on these nights, lunatics jump for joy in this rain of reflected sunshine. Fish become entranced and do their ceremonial dance. Their antics haphazardly give life a chance. Hormonally driven, they stare lustfully into each other's eyes as their bodies shudder. Shaking out seeds and fertilizer. For tonight we glutton on unbridled passion while being hooked and pulled from the stream. As the catcher of fish run their fillet down your sink for the taste of one small fleeting thing. Leaving the fish to mend its wounds while being set back into the stream carrying the luggage of one having been butchered in the hopes that the next honeymoon would not be a bad dream. Poem. Ooh. Man. That imagery. <laughs> Thanks. I kind of just Appreciate sent a little you. shiver down my spine. Thank you. It's, 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 it's talking about fish, but it's talking about people. Yeah. You know, there's there's the literal, and then there's yeah, the the metaphorical, the figural going on there, and just the the sense of it of being in that same position that that really is just I don't know the right word for it. The only thing that really comes to mind is just kind of like kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, that was good stuff. Thank you, sir. All right, Jerry. So before I let you go for the evening, you want to let everyone know how they can come and find you? Share some love with you? Uh, Yeah. Come to YouTube, um, J&J Acrylic Arts. Uh, There's J&J, no, it's J&J Production Acrylic Arts. Uh, find me over there. You can find me and my wife. We uh, do painting. Um, they can sit there and, and uh, watch two couples uh, hash out their differences between colors and have a nice time with one another. Um, it's a real human experience. Um, you know, come over there, like and subscribe, please. That's the only way we can break into the algorithm. That is awesome. <laughs> uh, thank you for calling and sharing tonight, man. 
Thank you, sir, man. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to catch you in the archives. It sounds like you had a great night tonight. Uh, it's definitely been a fun one. Gotten a lot of people calling <laughs> in and haven't heard their voices in quite some time. You sound like you can handle yourself, though. <laughs> uh, it's been a little while. I've been really absorbed in my work, and I know uh, I know Mama in particular gives me a, a good reminder that it's been too long. Right, right. Well, it's in the blood, and the bike is always going to be the same bike. It's just the, uh, the, the little cars we put in the spokes, the reflectors we put on it, and all the rest of that, but it's still going to be a bike. It's a really awesome way of putting it. I have not really considered it that way before. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little, I'm a little uh, put on your mind. I, I got to get to know you too, because I, I got the feeling that uh, quite a few people know you. Because uh, when I had asked uh, asked about the show, they said Michael was over there. I said, "All right, uh, let's go over there and check out Michael." Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been a little while since I've hosted the show with Nyla. Uh, I think the last time I was able to do it like routinely was maybe three, four years ago. And yeah, that is a little while, it's just bro. It's been really spotty. Yeah. yeah so how did it feel, man, to get back into the saddle? Uh, it's definitely different to do it solo. You know, I've always just kind of co-hosted with Nyla. So it's different not to have her here, not to hear her laughter, not to have her input. You know, she's right. really the one that got me into this whole thing in the first place. So I kind of blame her for putting me in this position. All <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And you know what? Out of all the things to blame somebody for, this has got to be one of the best. <laughs> very, very much so. Um, yeah, she she's really the one that got me into writing poetry in the first place and getting this whole experience with the speakeasy, being able to listen to all you guys. What type of poet are you, man? I'm going to go back and listen because I know you didn't spit tonight, but if you had to go ahead and describe me okay. uh, as a blind man, what type of poetry do you do? That's a good question. I think the closest thing that that really even comes to to mind is probably just prose poetry. I really started to write more and more about my experience working in mental health and my experience just kind of dealing with my own mental health. And those tended to be like the core themes in a lot of the pieces I started to write and share on the speakeasy. You know what? You have a vast wealth of uh, uh, resources to pull from, man, because uh, uh, by looking through another person's eyes, you can go ahead and see the world a little bit differently and go ahead and write to that. That is very true. That's been something that I've, I've tried to dabble in, trying to write to some other people's experiences, stuff that they've shared throughout my time just working in this field. I don't know if I can ever really do it justice, you know. It's one thing to hear about it. It's another thing to live it. True, true. But as poets, you know, we, we, we often put ourselves in positions we've never been in before, and we try mm-hmm. to go ahead and, and, and bring life to it. Thank you so much just for sitting and hanging out with us tonight. I do All right, have brother, you take one care last call. 
Let me put you on hold really quick, but you have yourself a really good night, Jerry. You too, bro. I'm going to catch up with you tomorrow. All right. Okay. So I think the last caller for the evening, we're going to try one more time to bring area code 585 back on the air. All right. You're on the air. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm glad that you were able to get me back on, especially in light of the last little conversation you were having about putting yourself, basically empathizing, basically knowing about the fact that an experience does exist but it's not yours and trying to pull it from from what you can see in another person feeds directly Mm -hmm. into the poem that I'm about to give you. My name is Doug Curry. This is called A Simple Prayer, and for me, this was strictly an exercise in empathy because you really put yourself in some shoes that you would never wear, but know that somebody's comfortable in those shoes and believe that that's the only pair of shoes to wear. A Simple Prayer. We don't believe in Nazis. Our extremes may may be a hedge against the horde. The black and brown and yellow throng, invaders of the homeland, plunderers of our wealthy Christian white nation. Our heart is in this. Blood will be shed, as was our leader deposed, toppled by marauders, and were our monuments to our forebears felled, but their flag remains as a legacy of pride. Our resolve is girded by the shamefulness of the assault on our traditions and our children's aspirations and upon our great mother, America. America, where freedom rings daunted yet, beacon of civilization and civility, still keeper of promises, home of proud boys who will fight to the last breath to see her made great again. May God bless our banished leader to again rise in your ire against the usurpers. For our faithful, may God grant a simple prayer. May the new insurrectionists revel in their upheaval, declaring that our service as your steward is over. But mind the thwarting of your will shall just result in your terrifying wrath and again find your will be done. Amen. Man, we've had some amazing stuff tonight. I'm glad you got in and were able to share that piece because that one, that one is a nice way to just kind of round out the show. That one really just kind of hit me right in my heart. I'm very happy to, to be included in the show that included the things that I heard. I'm glad to be in, in the midst of all that. And to speak directly with you, brother. I'm Doug Curry. Thank you so much for calling in tonight, Doug. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm found on on uh, All Poetry, allpoetry.com, under the name of Mantilled99, Mantilled99. And under my own name on Facebook, Douglas Curry. Uh, and I think that's probably the best way to, to vibe with me. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you sir. You and also, a good night. Yes, everyone, a good night. Thanks for the great work. Thank you.
All right, everyone. That is going to be the end of the show this evening. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to call in, to listen, to share your words, your thoughts, your feelings with all of us. And your host for the evening, Christopher Ryan. I'm hoping that next week we will have Nyla back here and that we will hear back from all of you. I'm going to close out the show with a recording. This one is going to be Triangle Shirtwaist by Word Machines. Come take a trip back into history. To 1911, New York City. Come see the cold, gray ash building. Where the top floors hold the triangle. Shirtwaist Factory. See the young girls who work in this place. Trudge up the stairs to their cold sewing space. Jam packed together, cram side by side. To work by the They make $3 a week To help feed their families Is all that they see Jewish immigrants Work and sing right Have no idea What's coming around quick time At 445 not one minute. Rag catches fire on the cutting room floor. The men try with pails and a rotten old hole. But fire spreads to piles of unfinished clothes. Blaze becomes wild and they're screaming and shouting. Someone makes calls to the floors up above them. The top floor workers head up to the room. But the phone calls to the night. The floor never goes through. The young women scream and panic. Luckily, they'll make it on the fiery floor. In a foreign language, they murmur and pray. They'll survive by escaping down the green streets their way. Meanwhile, the night floor workers are unaware. They never from the eighth floor down there with sewing machine oil great view for the fire by the time they see flames most of them will expire a large group of ladies head for the Washington stairs 
locked on the door there With their clothes and hair burning Trying to find another way The other stairs Freight elevator Rusty fire escape The fire escapes overrun like ants they all crawl With the weight of a hundred It breaks from the wall The mangled steel ladder Falls down to the street And the body Collapse the roof, more bodies are laid. The women scream in terror in the night floor window. But the fireman ladder only reaches the seventh floor below. The fireman holding net, shouting one at a Girls panic, jump in twos, and rip through its design. The heat of the fire makes them jump to the street. As people below stare in stark disbelief. As the fire dies down, their shrieks and their screams. Someone yells, this is all gotta be a bad dream. But the bodies disagree if they could still talk. They're twisted and broken on the blood-stained sidewalk. Mass funerals held in Danbury Park. The grieving parents sing together. Till long after dark They can't help but wonder Their minds can't abstain How many Would be alive If those stairs had not been changed The trial was held And two were accused The owners whose workers Right save Pardoned by justice is blind bureaucracy. They were slapped on the wrist and allowed to go free. This tale of I've told as I stand in the rain is true and in the end. Certain laws they will change. So once now and then, if I could ask this of thee, spare thought for the trying.